bomb, 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 bomb. We're recording, uh, by the way. All right, uh, stop. Uh, Collaborate and listen. I suspect Mike's brand new invention. invention. Oh my oh, wait, god, I cannot one. handle this. What? I have no, I have no <laughs> idea what's going on, what's going on now. I don't know. Harry, do you want to get out of here? Yeah, Andrea, let's go for killing my brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. When no melody, everything left. This is this is going on the show, right? If it doesn't no, go on the show, I, I no quit. Idea. I have no idea, but I've like, let's see, remove Mike from call. Well, I, could, <laughs> I, I could wrap Christmas in Hollis if I really wanted to right now, because it is but a you, Christmas. But you just started wrapping something else. That's true. I'll do Christmas and, in Hollis on January. Oh boy. Oh, anyways, hey, this. Is Cape Chronicles, and this is episode number sixty-three. Ho, ho, ho! This is our Christmas episode here, and uh, we are going to be talking about one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Rudolph. It is not up for debate. If you do disagree with this, you are wrong, and it is okay. You could just be wrong. But we're going to talk about on episode number 63 here on December 13th, 2020, right before Christmas, Die Hard from 1988. You realize this isn't even a superhero movie, right? It is. He is super. He saves everybody from the Nagatomi Plaza. That's right. He saved, Uh and Hans Gruber flies. (laughs) No, Hans Gruber (laughs) falls. Same difference. And... John McClane's has... like superpower is his awesomeness, and his weakness is glass. That's that, that's right. And the fact <laughs> that he has to wear his shirt half the movie, and then he takes his shirt off for the other half to show off the muscles. That's right. We will talk all about that wonderful missing shirt here <laughs> on this episode. And I have, I am Mike. I have Fred, Andrea, and Carrie with me tonight on this episode. So how the heck are you all? I'm good, I think. I have no idea where I am now. Oh dear. I'm, Andrea, Andrea, when did we when did we get sucked into a, an alternate dimension? I have no idea. I just I don't know who these people are. I don't know who these people are either. I mean, you're married to one of them too, and, and I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Here we go. How? <laughs> I I I don't get. I don't understand. <laughs> What, Mike? Couldn't hear you yeah, over, like? over Carrie's amazing voice. Oh, thank you, Andrea. <laughs> hey, Andrea, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are you doing, Mike? I am freaking amazing right now. That's all I gotta say. Oh, boy. And Fred, how are you? I am on top of the world. Why are you on top of the world, Fred? That's an interesting statement. <laughs> so today, I'm not going to get this wrong, is our one day anniversary <laughs> of getting married. Yeah, 
Congratulations. Congratulations. You, you don't guys. you are not you are not confined to the couch after one after one day of marriage. No, I, I was confined to the couch yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah? Already. Oh, we've lost Mike. We've lost Mike. <laughs> we lost Mike. Mike, what are you saying? Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. I said, I did like Andrea's post where she said, yes, all his Star Wars toys are now mine. <laughs> that was that. That was the ulterior motive. Yeah, uh-huh. I already told you that um, our contract uh, excludes anything in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> he said that um, uh, without any signature, so um, it's void. <laughs> oh, boy. Formal agreements are binding. <laughs> oh well we are here to talk about some die hard and spread a little bit of christmas cheer tonight and uh as far as show announcement goes this will be the last show of 2020 so uh we're going to take a couple weeks we're going to take an extra week off before we hit back into uh 2021 and we will come back in 2021 on january the 3rd with our next episode and we'll talk about that when we get toward the end but until then we want to wish you a um happy holidays and um stay safe uh stay healthy stay healthy eat uh, lots of turkey hug lots of friends wear a freaking mask don't hug anyone don't hug anyone don't hug anyone outside your your immediate household wear a freaking mask yeah um, and then don't get too drunk on New Year's Eve. Oh, uh, man. Don't know what you'll do on New Year's Eve. And because uh, we want you to listen to us on, on January when we record our next episode. Yes. Yes, we do. So <clears throat> have a safe holiday season. Enjoy your time with family and friends from a safe way. And enjoy all the wonderful food you may eat. So with all that being said, let's talk a little bit <laughs> about I was just about to say something to Fred. And I just, <laughs> say Fred, it. Fred, you missed a spot. <laughs> you, you missed a spot. <laughs> but I do. No, that's, that's I have no that's from, the, that, that's from the freaky movie where, where John McClane walks in and the guy is snorting coke. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, you missed a spot. are you are, what, what are you trying to say, dude? Are you saying Fred's on drugs? No, I mean, I mean, I, I realize the two of you are, are doing something weird that, that Andrea and I are, are apparently along for the ride on, but Mike's just know. warning me that um, if we're going to have a holiday Christmas party with the office, not to do cocaine. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, we do we or do least, have a strict or, or tr- drug no drug policy. Lock at... the door. For anything you may do at the holiday Christmas party, and, and, please lock the door. And you know what? Maybe don't do it in your boss's office. Yep. And we're not just talking about cocaine. So lock the door wherever you are <laughs> during this holiday Christmas. Yeah, there's party. another scene that people get walked in on. Yeah, that was awkward. Oh, <laughs> yep, you're awkward. So. uh Fred, why don't you tell us about this movie that came out 32 years ago? I wasn't even planned. Wow. <laughs> I, was, I was literally one month old when this movie came out in theaters. Oh. Wow. You, you, hear, you hear that, Fred? Where are the old parts? No comment. <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> In summary, uh, New York 
police department officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by German terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. That's really generic. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. During a Christmas party on Christmas Eve. It's Christmas movie. It's full of Christmas cheer. And explosions. Fireworks. Those two. Yes. All right. So let's take a look at the box office since the summary was so generic um, and not special whatsoever, <laughs> other than establishing that it is a Christmas movie. So whoever said it wasn't, um, you can go and turn off this podcast. Um, no, actually, just yeah, continue no, watching. Finish, please finish listening. <laughs> <laughs> so the distributor was 20th Century Fox. The runtime was two hours and 12 minutes. It was rated R. That's insane. Um, release date Wait, July twentieth. Yeah, I am. I, I actually am. Wow. Yeah. Release okay. date was July twentieth, nineteen eighty eight. The budget was twenty eight million. Opening weekend domestic was um six hundred and one thousand. <laughs> I can't number. Um, <laughs> lifetime domestic gross was eighty three point five million. Worldwide gross was 141.4 million, and Rotten Tomatoes score, the critics said it was 94%, so extremely fresh. And audiences also said the same thing. So for 601,000 for opening weekend, back in 1988, what movies in the States were what, a nickel? So that's, no, that's a lot. Like, maybe like <laughs> three bucks, I think. Wow. Oh my, that's funny. If I remember uh, correctly, we had like dollar days back then. You could go see a movie on Tuesday for a buck. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember that, Fred. <laughs> I don't either because I wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. I, I just remember from <laughs> looking she it has up. To keep rubbing, she has to keep rubbing that in, doesn't she? Fred, did you, Fred, did you go see this movie in theaters? I probably did. Do you I realize, did. Do you realize did that... 32 years ago, you were sitting in a theater watching this movie, and little as you know that 32 years later, you would be married to the, to somebody and watching this movie on Cave Chronicles together. Boom. Oh, my God. Mind wow. Blown. Mind blown. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the connections are unreal. <laughs> 32 think... years ago, I was breathing air. Tonight, I breathe air with Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The same air. <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh. Wow. Oh, okay. So, this movie, let's talk about the cast and the crew. It was directed by John McTernan, who also directed Predator, The Hunt for Red October, Die Hard with a Vengeance, The 13th Warrior, Rollerball, and Last Action Hero. Kind of stumbled on the last one there. What I mean? Last Action Hero was not my favorite. I didn't put that on there. Was that you, Carrie? No, I didn't put that on there. I heard, saying, I, I heard somebody say one time, and I thought it was so important. Um, so as far as actors go, the main cast, the main star is Bruce Willis. Who's this guy? Uh, he is John oh, some, just, some old, just some old guy. He played Hudson Hawk in Hudson Hawk, which was a good movie. Corbin Dallas in The Fifth Element, yeah. which we've done that before. And this movie, we seem to be hitting a lot of Bruce Willis's movies. Mm-hmm. When we're not doing a normal superhero movie. Um, Harry Stamper and Armageddon. I guess that's our next one. We'll do that one for July 4th. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Really? I don't want to close my eyes. Oh, I don't want to fall asleep. Because I miss you. <laughs> we should do karaoke. Bum, we should oh, honestly bum, do that. <laughs> I think it's so much fun. Oh, he also played Frank Moses in Red 1 and 2, which are good movies, and mm-hmm. Mr. Church in the Expendables series. Of course, he's done a lot of other things, too, which just <clears> – <throat> anyways. Uh, and Bonnie Bud- Bedelia played Holly McLean oh, – I'm sorry, Holly Gennaro McLean. She also played Kate McCafferty in The Division TV and Camille Braverman in Parenthood TV show. Then we have the man himself, Carl Winslow – I mean Reginald Van Johnson, who played Sergeant Al Powell. Uh, he was Carl Winslow in Family Matters, another good show. Encourage you guys to watch it all the way through. It was really good. And Dash DeWitt in The Heart of Dixie. And then we have Alan Rickman himself, Hans Gruber, played uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood, Mint Prince of Thieves, Professor Snape in the Harry Potter saga, and Judge Turpin in Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Another good movie. <clears throat> Also, Marvin in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Or at least the voice of Marvin in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The music, the Christmas music, and all the other music composed in this movie was done by Michael Kamen, who also did Band of Brothers, which is another good series if you've never watched it. I encourage you to watch it and to listen to Tim and... Tom. Tom's. Uh, uh, did you, uh, did you you seriously almost forgot that? You, you, you really need Tim to fire you again? Uh, it's all right. I'll come back tomorrow. Uh, and then <laughs> Three Musketeers from 1993 also did the music for Hudson Hawk and Lethal Weapons 1 to 4, which we actually thought about. We couldn't figure out if we wanted to do Die Hard or Lethal Weapon when we first made this decision. I love Lethal Weapons. Because they're both they're Christmas so movies. Both Christmas movies. That's mm. right. Who knows? Maybe we'll do that for Valentine's Day. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Some we should do Deadpool for Valentine's Day. We've lost Mike. We find. Did you lose me again? Yeah, we did. We did lose you again. We apparently we can't. Apparently we can't get you off top. Apparently we can't. We can't screw with the schedule too much. I know. So maybe we should watch for like every holiday. We should watch a holiday themed movie. We should. Ding 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 ding. Deadpool Anyways. is a hol- uh, It's a Valentine's Day movie. But it's already on this list though. Oh. That's fine. So, Carrie. Yes. Behind the scenes, what the crap happened in this movie? Okay, so the fictional Nakatomi Plaza is actually Fox Plaza. It's the headquarters for 20th Century Fox. It's also one of the buildings used in movies like Fight Club, etc. The company basically charged itself rent for the uh, use of the then-unfinished building. Um, The scene where Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman meet up was unrehearsed to create a greater feeling of spontaneity between the two actors. Only a couple of the actors who played German ter- terrorists were actually German, and only a couple more could speak broken German, which suddenly my notes are make more sense. The actors were cast for their menacing appearances rather than their nationality. Nine of the 12 were over six feet tall. Oh, wow. Ironically, Bruce Willis uh, 
who is sneered at for being an all-American hero by the head German terrorist is actually more German than most of the villains. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Rickman was English, and Alexander Gridnov was Russian. Uh, Bruce Willis was born on March 19, 1955 in West Germany to an American father and German mother. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, casting. Uh, people considered... For John McClane were Richard Gere, Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Clint Eastwood, Robert De Niro, Charles Bronson, Don Johnson, Richard Dean Anderson, and Michael Madsen. There's some interesting picks in there that probably... Uh, yep. Yeah, the only one picks. I could have seen this, to me, would be Harrison Ford. Maybe... Stallone was on the Rambo kick at the time, so I think that mm. would have played well. And Gibson was on the Lethal Weapon kick, so probably that probably wouldn't have worked. Right. Schwarzenegger was coming off of like Predator and yeah, Commando mm. and all those. Yeah, um, so it would be a very different movie, though. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, Hans uh, considered for, also considered for Hans Gruber was Sna- Sam Neill. Which actually kind of would have been awesome, but I mean he's not—he's not Alan Rickman. Um, considered for Holly McLean, uh, Linda Hamilton, Gina Davis, De- Deborah Winger, Michelle Pfeiffer, M- Jamie Lee Curtis, Carrie Fisher, and Kelly McGillis. Oh wow! Wow. Hmm. Hmm. The, the Carrie Fisher one kind of surprises me a little bit, but I don't know. I—I I think she could have done it. I think she, I think it would have been a very different Holly, but yeah, I think I, I agree. Yeah, I think I think Linda Hamilton might have they might have expected her to to be more Sarah Connor. Yeah, in the role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. All right, so let's talk about Die Hard: A Christmas Story. Ah, the days when you could still smoke at LAX. I oh my them. gosh, there were so many things that bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> Just carry his gun in the plane? What kind of savages are these? Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this was the this was the '80s. This is before this is before people tried to blow blow themselves up using shoes and you know underwear and stuff on planes. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually, this is actually the first time I've seen the movie all the way through. I have a very distinct memory of walking into the 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 family room when I was about twelve or fourteen, um, and my dad, my dad was watching the movie, and I, they were at the they were at the part of the movie where he's pulling glass out of his feet, and I Ugh. just kind of turned around and walked back out. Oh no. oh no! And never, never, never had any, any interest in watching watching the movie ever again. I regret, regret. So, you, you talked about the the smoking scene in LAX, and that kind of like speaks directly to the eighties, and how uh-huh. many cigarettes were smoked during the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other scene where it's like the one of the secretaries was pregnant and asked. Her uh-huh. boss, if it's okay, if she can have a drink. <laughs> yeah. It's like wow. <laughs> yep. Oh, and the touchscreen computer. Yeah, the, can the you touch say screen like computer that comes up that the, the and with the the monitor that comes up out of the desk that that's also just like oh, okay, okay. 
So apparently every single person in the building is wearing like a personal locator and this computer can track to what floor they're currently on. And then the guy's like, oh, no, so he looks up his wife. Yeah, she's on the 30th floor. Oh, yeah, that's the only floor that's open and that's where the Christmas party is. He could have just <laughs> led with that. <laughs> but then you would have got the cool touchscreen computer. Yeah. Um, Showing off. I have, I have never seen Century City that empty ever. Yeah. Even with COVID? Um, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe like, like right before, like right when lockdown started, but I, I haven't had a reason to go to Century City um, since like in like years. So yeah, I don't, but yeah, it's usually pretty busy even in the middle, at the middle, in the middle of the night. So uh, yeah, that was just weird. Um. I kept thinking that was the Century the Century Plaza too, and I was wrong. Um, he, Hans Gruber has a German crew that doesn't understand German. Suddenly, the like I said, the behind the scenes uh, made more sense. Thing. Yeah, I understood more German than the uh, than his hunch people did. <laughs> it's so weird. Like I understood, I understood when he told the guy to shoot out the window. Oh, like oh. shoot the glass! Shoot, shoot the, glass. the glass! Like, ah, okay, fine. By the way, that was a pretty ingenious su- suggestion to that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, hang on, I'm pulling up quotes for this movie. Oh boy. Half of, which, half of which he can't say. Yippee ki yay! No. <laughs> Okay, so one of them I can't I can't really say too besides that one is when he calls is when he gets on the emergency response channel and he calls nine one one and he's talking <laughs> to that lady and she says, Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls. No crap, ladies, it sound like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh. so good in this movie. It's just crazy oh, so uh, good. i i was really glad when 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 holly punched out the news guy at the end like dude i'd be suing him for endangering my kids and my co-workers right Yo, he... like dude you you just blew everyone you just blew his cover man yeah i'm surprised that like um i think she's unnamed let's just call her consuela doesn't like <laughs> Kick him right in the gobians. Oh uh, well, I mean, he did. He did threaten to call immigration, which is uh, is sadly a thing. Yeah. Still. No Superman. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Superman no home. So, what did you guys think about the story itself? Like the story. Yeah, I know. Does it seem like typical 80s-style story? Something bad happens, you have this one action hero coming in, saving the day with no shoes on. It seems to me, to be, let's, let's just be honest, All right, it seems to me if he had to run and hide from somebody, you grab your shoes before you run out the door. It was very painful to watch. Yeah, it's a really interesting like, crux to the whole movie. So, yeah, if you want to go back to the, like, the summary that I, I said earlier, th- there's nothing to this movie. It is literally, man shows up at a party, 
terrorists are at party, kill terrorists, movie's over. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a typical <laughs> 80s movie. Yeah, absolutely. And they spice it up by him taking his shoes off. Or taking his shirt off. Just saying. Well, I don't think my mom minded that at all. <laughs> and she watches this like religiously during Christmas. Really? Yeah. You know, there's an argument that Die Hard 2 takes place at Christmas as well. I would have to watch it. Maybe, maybe that's our next one. <laughs> I haven't maybe. seen Die Hard, but but I, it time. is a very <clears throat> it is a very generic story. Like you could have inserted anybody into there, and it it would have it, it would have worked. Um, I mean, there were some funny moments. I mean, just I hate to say there's not much to talk about in this movie because it's. But the fact of the matter is, he just like you said, Fred terrorists show up. He kills terrorists. Movie over. But what he interesting? Sends, he sends he sends one down in an elevator. And he throws another one out a window onto a police car. It's very interesting that in the movie, like there are some shocking parts, like when they kill the the president of the Nagatomi um, building. See you. Yeah, I was like, oh dear, gosh, that was quick. No, no mercy. Um, well, he did I, say he did say you might as well kill me now because I don't know, I I don't have the information you want. Okay. Well, you don't expect him to. Yeah, he's just like, okay, fine, bye. Like, no mercy. Actually, I for I I I kind of expect that out of some, uh, something a villain played by Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I thought so. Okay, what else you guys got? I mean, some some I would. The problem with quoting this movie is that there's a lot of quotes we can't use on air, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless it's going to be like a string a string of bleeps the entire time. <laughs> and we don't want that. Yeah, we don't want that. So. I actually, I, what? Okay, so I'll pose a question to you guys: What makes it a movie that is worth watching over and over again? I don't actually know that I'll be watching this again anytime soon. I mean, you're the exception, Carrie. Sorry, I, <laughs> I, I, I tend to go for vampires rather than you know, just oh, mindless. we should watch Interview with a Vampire. That is like a Ooh. Valentine's Day kind of thing, right? 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 Ooh, I love that movie. Twilight. So I, I think the reason why this movie is just it, it's just so simple. It's easy to like. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, there's no twist. There's no whichever. Like, it's just it's easy to sit down, watch it. You don't have to pay close attention to it, like Game of Thrones or anything like that. You just sit, enjoy. There's some good ass kicking. It's like the John Wick of 1988. Yeah, you can basically that. just take your brain off the hook, and and I think that's why my mom likes it a lot just because she can be doing other stuff while she's watching it and she probably she doesn't know much English but she could probably quote the movie all the way through like it's just ridiculous yeah I, I, I agree with with both of you guys it's kind of that one that you can walk away you know what's going on you know eventually he's gonna he's gonna save the day he's gonna kill a couple people on the way um, but you know it's just it's just one of those like like you said you can just kind of unplug for a little bit and and you don't have to really think about you know you when the I think when the Matrix first came out you couldn't do this to like the Matrix movie like you had to generally sit down in front of that movie and watch yeah. 
to understand what was going on. But this is not that kind of a movie. It's just a typical 80s shoot 'em up kind of a movie. Exactly. So, All right, Mike, I found some quotes uh-oh. that are not <clears throat> some PG quotes. Okay. PG. <laughs> he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, is there a Twinkies quote in there? They're for my wife? Right. <laughs> He's pregnant. Yeah, okay. Put them in the bag. No problem. <laughs> so good. If this is their idea of Christmas, I gotta be here for New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> that that and that that would have been funny if there was a New Year's version of this movie made. <laughs> yeah. And the one that I I quoted to you guys earlier. Uh, now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will say that was the stupidest. Okay, out of the movie, I think that was probably the dumbest line to me. Which one? The one. Now, now I have, I have a machine gun. gun. Oh yeah. Like seriously, that's that's what you're gonna put on that dead guy. Like I just I just don't. Anyways, I just I feel bad because his his feet. I hate that the whole freaking movie he had no shoes on. Well, he did try to put shoes on once, and they were too small. And they were too small. Like why didn't he put his shoes back on before he left? I mean, I. I uh, it it made sense in some respect in that you know he could you know move quieter, but he's barefoot and he and he, yeah he should really put some shoes on, dude. So, is this one of those movies you want you have to watch every year? Yes, we do. Mm. It's Not really. just, it's just, <laughs> it reminds me of my family. It reminds me of just like, those were like the moments where like, even my brothers like would disconnect from video games and they would just like sit with us and watch them. So they're very special to me. Yeah. I, I yeah. want to be, I want to be clear. I, I don't hate, I don't hate this movie. It's just not something I've ever had much interest in seeing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I, I think this is one of those movies that, that I watched. I watch yearly, um, ish the best I can. Of course, I have other movies I like to watch during the year. Like I really love a Christmas Story with Ralphie, because um, yeah, you know I hope every year he gets that official Red Rider Con Rush Junior Shot Range of Air Rifle. I really hope he gets it every year. Um, but the the one character that I really liked in this movie that I don't think the I little think... black guy. <laughs> I was gonna call the computer analyst. No, I was gonna call him the 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 the, the computer analyst guy, the guy who oh. was songs, oh, yeah. you know yeah. the bad guy and just you know nah. as he was saying. You I was know. talking about the limo driver. He oh no Argyle Argyle yeah Argyle. No, I was talking about the computer analyst guy, the one that was you know a night before Christmas at all to the house, not a creature was stirring except for the SWAT team. <laughs> he just he just. I love his character for some reason. He didn't hire me for my charming personality. <laughs> he, 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 and Mike, you'll, you'll understand this. He did have a bit of a Luke, Luke Fox vibe to him. Yes, he did. Yeah. And he's like one of the few bad guys who lived, I think. Or did he? Uh, no, he got killed. Oh, never mind. He gets Dang. run over by Argyle, right? 
you know, Argyle uh, runs runs his limo his into him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he didn't die. He just got knocked out. Yeah. He. No. Wait a minute. Yeah. I don't know. Who cares? Anyways. <laughs> now, but I did like Argyle. He was so funny, man. With the with the big old bear in the back of the limo. It just drinking, and just having a party, talking about his girl. <laughs> it just living life. Like you don't notice that anything weird is going on, dude. And he's got to sit there. Like, how many hours does this movie takes place over? Yeah, it's like, dude, you ne- you never once had to you know, leave the car, leave the car to go to the bathroom or anything. Yeah, at least two hours and twelve minutes. Yeah. Was it was light when uh, John McClane showed up? Wasn't it outside? Mm-hmm. And was way past dark. Yeah, I'm thinking this movie takes place probably. I I would assume this movie would probably end around ten thirty, eleven o'clock on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I would just assume uh, assume that that that's what it would happen, but I don't know. But we still know it's a Christmas movie, regardless. <clears throat> what did you guys think about Agent Johnson and Agent Johnson? um big johnson had has some serious like like vietnam ptsd and uh lil johnson was just along for the ride and yeah like dudes you yeah you need to like chill out yep so yeah, tip, not typical FBI agents, you would think. No, no, I, I, I actually, I, I, I think I heard Avar Sarala uh, talking, talking to Holden in my head, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that's got what's going on here. They're, yeah. um, they're putting their their things in in things, and it's already screwed up. And yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that kind of bothered me is like, okay, so they're calling in these gunships to go do their thing. And uh, how long does it take for a helicopter to like get there? It's not like they they just brought that out as long as they could. Yeah. I, well, I mean, depending on where they were, to where they, where they were they taking off from, like, there's a couple of air bases. There are a couple of places around here that they could have like brought in the helicopters. And oh, but up to pick up the two FBI guys. That is true. And then take off and go straight up, basically, to the top of the building. Yeah, I yeah. think we're. I think we're. I think we're thinking about this too much, Fred. I, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I will say that Hans's plan was actually pretty ingenious, if you think about it, because he said, "You steal six hundred dollars, nobody's going to blab at an eye." You steal six hundred million, people are going to notice. Yeah. So he said, but they won't chase a dead guy. So the whole plan was to get everybody on the roof to blow everybody up and the helicopter. Yeah. And then they were just going to escape with the money because nobody was going to look for them because they were assuming they were dead. Yeah, and they sent the FBI on that wild goose chase to release prisoners in two hours uh, from around the world, which I thought was a nice like distraction. He said, he said, I don't know, I read about him in time. <laughs> it's, it's such a great line. Yeah. Oh. Canada got a shout out. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh Canada. 
Um, anything else about this movie? I mean, it's a pretty if you if it's a pretty self-explanatory movie, guys that are listening. Some if you haven't seen it, there's there's not too much to dig into for this mm-hmm. holiday movie. Uh, definitely, probably don't want to watch it around um, children, little kids, little yeah. kids. Probably not. There's definitely definitely some scenes in there that are kind of like, oh, forgot that was there. Oh, oh, crap. <laughs> um, I guess the only shout out we still need to do is for this. Um, what was it Assistant Deputy Dwayne Robinson, the the cop that tries to take charge? Um, it's also <laughs> also completely out of his depth. Yes. Yeah, like a complete political posting only. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, dude. You you got some you got someone who already knows what's going going on. You're just going to like shove him aside and and you know blunder on into things. So, yeah, that's a, that's not going to help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so I will say that Alan Rickman did a phenomenal job as Hans Gruber. He oh, did. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought he I thought he played the villain perfectly. Um he was cool, he was calm, uh he he was collected with everything. He had I mean it was it, it was he was really good. It was really good. And we could definitely see how the security was not 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 as uh tough as it is currently in buildings like that. <laughs> and one yeah. bar got overtaken pretty quick. Okay. No so it was good. All right. Well, if that is it, unless anybody has anything else, do we are in a movie like this, as jam packed as it is, and as tightly sealed as it is, there could not possibly be any plot holes or goofs in this movie. Yeah, not at all. Right. Not at all. None. None. None whatsoever. I only gave. I only gave for a few of them. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. All right, well, let's take a look here. Yeah, you gave me what five? Four or five, yeah. Four, yeah. Four. Uh, when the terrorists are first walking in as a group, looking very serious and sinister, the one on the far left is on a collision course with a wall. The camera cuts away just before he walks into it. <laughs> I did not notice that. And that but... that reminds me of A New Hope when uh, they go to the Death Star. And you see the one stormtrooper hit his head on the roof. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow, you just couldn't cut that out? (laughs) Apparently not. All right. Uh, When the SWAT team is trying to break into the front door of the tower, they first try picking the lock with to no avail. Then we see the SWAT team member carrying a metal cutting torch attempting to cut (laughs) through the lock. The SWAT team would have just broken the glass to get in and not waste time using metal cutting torch uh, to cut the door lock. Not to mention that that torch requires massive acetylene tanks and etc. Uh-huh. Especially in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, the oh, glass I... is obviously breakable as shown in the same scene when the terrorists fire upon the SWAT team. But it didn't look... We lost him again. Lost the guy was clicking. You heard the guy... Oh. But it doesn't look it doesn't look as cool though, unless you're you're actually using a blowtorch. Whatever you say, Mike. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I must, I'm all I'm all for using the using fire where uh, fire. but come on. A rock or a brick would have been fine. Yeah. 
Mindy, he probably could have just pulled harder on the door and that would have been fine too. Mm. Boom. After the terrorists blow the roof up and the hostages are running down the stairs, one of the hostages gets hit in the head <laughs> with a softball-sized rock and it doesn't phase him. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. Oh. <laughs> Alright, after Powell did his sweep at the Nakatomi building to report the wild goose chase, the dispatcher did not follow proper procedure and respond to Powell's transmission. When Powell said, everything here is okay, over, dispatchers always have to echo the response to the last transmission. Ah. Yeah, I thought that was odd. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Hmm. They didn't do their homework as well as they do today. Oh, again, 80s movie. Yeah. They're not as thorough about stuff. All right. Andrea, does Rotten Tomatoes tell us anything? Rotten Tomato actually has two things that are very important. The first one is that in the first half of director John McTiernan's movie, Willis wears an undershirt. In the second half, he gets rid of it. And that's pretty much it for his performance. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't wow. agree with that. I think he did extremely well. I think this guy was just jealous of his good body back then. Uh, well, I okay. agree. Um, oh. And then the other Rotten Tomato viewer said, it gets your heart pounding. That makes you hate yourself for it. <laughs> so it's like a giant bag of chips <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh that's funny alright so let's rate this holiday movie then alright we're going to rate it out of ho 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 elevator deliveries <laughs> oh boy so 1 out of 10 ho 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 elevator deliveries let's see who should I call on first I'm not ready Andrea oh I'm not ready <laughs> Too bad. No, I'm not ready. Ready, go. Fred. I'm not ready. I'm opening my bag. <laughs> I am comparing it ready? to... No, I'm ready. Okay, so I'm comparing it with other movies here. I would have to say that this movie... Hmm, this is tough. I'm going to say it falls into a nine. I think this is an awesome movie. I have a lot of fun watching it. It, it falls along with... um. Like Batman and The Incredibles and other movies that I have uh, already rated nine. I, I loved it. So I'll give it nine out of ten. Ho, ho, ho. Elevator deliveries. Andrea. I have to agree now? with Fred. Yes, I am ready. Um, <laughs> I think you to give it a nine, too. I think that. Actually, I'm going to give it a 9.5. Um, the point five is because of the nostalgia that it brings me, and just nine is because it's such a simple movie, and it doesn't oversaturated with unnecessary things. Um, and that's something that I enjoy. Like the plot is very straightforward; you understand everything, um, and they just did extremely well. And I really, really enjoyed um, Bruce Willis's performance. All right, Carrie, how about you? Uh-huh. I, I I may get I may find myself fired. No, uh, you will not be. <laughs> um, I I think if I had grown up watching this movie, I probably would have rated it um, higher. But I'm gonna give it a seven. 
it's it's a decent movie. It's fun. I like I said, I probably would watch it again if it was on. But I have I really don't have much of an interest in repeating uh, in a repeat viewing. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, wait a second, guys. Did you just hear something? Because I couldn't hear anything. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you, Carrie. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was. I told you I was at risk of being fired. No, no, not at all. Oh, uh, we will. We lost him again. Uh, you got. For those who don't know, I have terrible internet here. Time to upgrade. Time to upgrade. Time to upgrade. Time to upgrade. That's right. All right. Well, if I'm going to rate this movie at a ho-ho-ho elevator deliveries, um, I'm going to give this movie a 9 out of 10 ho-ho elevator deliveries as well. It's one of those Christmas movies that you have to watch every year. Um, just because. So, 9 out of 10, ho, 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 elevator deliveries for me as well. We don't have any feedback, so I'm sad. We don't have any reviews. I'm also sad. But I will tell you, our next movie that we're going to talk about here on Cape Chronicles, when we meet back in January, is the Nordic god of thunder himself, Thor. We are finally talking about Thor. So Carrie absolutely loves Thor. So quite possibly Carrie may be taking point on this entire movie in January. I'm okay with this movie because Natalie Portman's in it. And she can be in any movie she wants to be in. And as far as I'm I'm concerned. So just saying. Her and Kelly Clarkson. All right. With that being said. Um, <laughs> Carrie, why yes. don't you close us out for um, the end of 2020? This is the last time you will hear all of our lovely voices on Cape Chronicles for this year. Well, on Cape Chronicles, anyway. Yes, but you'll hear the rest of us on Tight Beam and other shows. But for yes. Cape Chronicles, us four together. This is this is true. Okay, so we do want to hear from you. You can email us, uh, capechronicles at randomchatter.com. You can uh, tweet at us at randomchatter for the entire network at Cape Chronicles. Uh, for this show, you can tweet at me at Blackfire 42 That's K-E-R-I Blackfire42. Uh, Andrea, where, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at catsbears. That's K-A-T-Z-B-E-A-R-Z. Fred, where can we find you? You can find me at, on Twitter at Freddy Kenobi. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y-W-O-N Kenobi. And Mike, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at the DC Mike, or you can find me hanging around and posting unusual pictures in Discord. Yeah. And, or, and getting fired. Again. Again. And again. And again. Again. And you can find all of our shows over at randomchatter.com. Don't forget to spread the word and support us. You can leave us reviews by going to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you uh, leave us a review, we will read it on air. Um, finally, the music you hear in this podcast is High Roller Mojo by Blue Stolly and the Sillies of Set and Sounds. All trademarks are owned by their respective owners. So until next time, guys. Happy Festivus. Keep your stick Happy on, guys. Yes. Happy Keep. New Year and Happy Merry S- Christmas. Happy Life Happy Day. Solstice. Happy Solstice. Yes. Wow. We got a lot of stuff going on here. Yes, we do.